at the end of every season, every player in the NFL has to take an exit physical before they leave the city that they're playing so that you could be completely cleared medically heading into the offseason. I'm the only player that played every snap. I said, Doc, I'm good. Let me go. I'm going to hop on my truck. I'm driving back to Louisville. I'm going to go see the birth of my son. He could come any second now. Fast forward three days. I'm sitting in the hospital. We're in the waiting room. My son would be born 50 minutes later when I get the call that my career is done. At C2, C3, I disc and bone sitting into my spinal cord, and they weren't sure why I wasn't laying on a football field motionless. another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman, and every week we lock in on giving you the opportunity to hear stories from athletes, celebrities, entertainers, individuals from the business world, entrepreneurs, to find out what is that deep-rooted drive that we call The Burn that ignites why and purpose that then causes them to take the necessary action every single day in order to drive next level performance. And today is no different. We are bringing you my good friend, Eric Wood, former center for the Buffalo Bills, former captain of the Buffalo Bills, with an unbelievable story of how nine years in the NFL didn't end the way that he chose for it to end. And I think for so many of you watching, There's so much adversity and challenge and uncertainty that we are currently going through that you might be questioning, what do my next chapters look like? And sometimes there's an abrupt end that causes you to lock in to what's next. And that's why I'm excited for Eric to share his story, because I think it's going to hit home with so many of you that feel that there's some fears, some doubts, some uncertainties right now. So, Eric, I know you're having a great time. You're on Bill's radio now, you're on ESPN, you're on the ACC network, you're making all these great things happen. But I'm starting with a question that has nothing to do with football, but it has to do with something that you and I connect with on a very, very deep level. When everybody goes to follow you on Instagram, which I highly recommend because your show is on fire and you are taking it to the next level with all the things you're doing, you have Proverbs 1125. So tell us what that Bible verse means to you. And that's what I was most excited about uh, when it comes to your bio is that verse. So welcome to the burn. Let's talk about that verse and let's get after it. Well, first off, it's truly an honor to be on your show today, Ben, and to connect with you. And and Proverbs 11.25 means a lot to me. Um, In 2011, a buddy of mine gave me this verse, and and I I approached him at lunch, and I said, I said, Ronnie, you live with more joy than anyone I've ever been around. What's your secret sauce? Is it it your Christian walk? What is it? And he said, you know, I, I try to refresh others, and if I'm outwardly focused, then inwardly, I'm more refreshed. And he said, look, my life is not sunshine sunshine and rainbows, but I'm able to weather the storms because I'm more outwardly focused than inwardly focused. And so he directed me to Proverbs 11.25, which says, a generous person will prosper 
and he who refreshes others will be refreshed. And that has become our family's mission statement. That's what we are all about. Before school, every day I ask my daughter, what is she going to do? And she's going to spread joy. She's She is a professional joy spreader. People look at her and just smile. She's adorable. She's got a funny personality. She's five years old. But every day I remind her of that. And, and for Christmas this year, my wife got a, a sign made that she knew I loved that, that's on our wall right before you go out the garage. So anytime we're leaving the house, we want to be generous as a family and we want to refresh others. And, and I say spread joy. I absolutely love it. I, I love it. I'm, gl- I'm glad that we started there because you can tell your your energy went to a place of real passion and fire for, for what you're doing these days. There, there's one additional piece to the bio we have to mention because there's a very special guy that connected us. And, you know, he, he loves to run his mouth. He loves to crack jokes. And if we don't give him some credit, we're going to hear about it for the rest of the time. So the mayor, Mark Cool, our good buddy, is the one who got us together. And I'll tell you, the I've always loved Mark. He's been a dear friend of mine for 15 years. I know you've known him for a long time as well. One of the top financial advisors in the world. But he's one of those guys, when he connected us via text, just the manner in which he did it, like he knew he's such a relationship based guy. It was like, you guys are going to hit it off. And then when you and I got on the phone, it was like we were old buddies. It was awesome. So I'm just I'm so thankful to uh, to Mark Cool and uh, him connecting us, which is, you know, why we're sitting here today. No doubt. And Mark's an incredible person. And and that's a testament to Mark to connect two like minded individuals, which he probably will get no benefit from. But that is living out Proverbs 11.25. It's refreshing others, being generous with connections. You know, he could have selfishly said, I'm going to keep Ben Newman to myself. He's he's my secret sauce. He's the secret <laughs> sauce to my company. That's why we are one of the top financial practices in the country. But he's willing to share connections. And, and good things happen to good people that are willing to make connections that don't have necessary a, a, necessarily a monetary benefit for them back in return. Yeah, and that that speaks volumes to exactly who who Mark is. All right, so let's let's talk about something where I know the burn had to be prevalent. So nine years in the NFL, all pro, captain of the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you're competing at the highest possible level. And all of a sudden, you get a medical report that changes the next chapters of your life. Take us, take us to your story, Eric. Yeah, so I got to play nine years in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills, all for the same organization. They made me a first-round draft pick in 2009, and that's coming from a place where I only had one scholarship offer to go to college through the University of Louisville. And so, you know, nowadays these guys, um, most of them commit before their senior year of high school, so most schools don't even have scholarships left. I got offered a scholarship after a basketball game after my senior season of football. I'm, I'm just the luckiest dude ever that they even had a scholarship left for me. So end up as a first round draft pick. And like I said, play my entire career for the Buffalo Bills, was able to make a pro bowl, um, was an alternate a couple other times. And in 2017, the direction of the Buffalo Bills was finally trending up. We, we had been through so many head coaches. It might be an NFL record. I played for seven head coaches in nine years for the Buffalo Bills. That includes two interims. But seven head coaches in nine years, but we finally found our guy in Sean McDermott, which he had a great alliance with 
Brandon Bean, he was with him in Carolina. So they formed this team, the GM and the head coach. They're finally aligned. New ownership in the Pagulas that just are willing to provide any resource that we need to be successful. And so we knew 2017 was going to be a special season, and it was. And that was a year that a lot of people thought we were tanking. When you were looking from the outside in, we had just traded Sammy Watkins, Ronald Darby, our top two draft picks from the two previous seasons. And then we traded Marcel Darius, our next top draft pick. Three years in a row, trade away our top draft picks because Sean McDermott wanted to find the right DNA of his team. And so fast forward, we make the playoffs and break a 17-year playoff drought. And I'm the only player on the team to play 100%, the only player on the team to play 100% of the snaps. And Ben, as you know, from working with teams, I mean, you could lose your shoe for a play and have to come out. You could be beating a team really bad, come out. You could be losing by a lot and come out. So I was the only guy on the team that played every single snap that season. We played the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first round of the playoffs. We end up losing. And I hate to ever say it like this, but it was kind of a win-win situation for me. We were either going to win in advance in the playoffs or I was going to see the birth of my son three days later. And so me and my wife had already talked about it and that was going to be the case. So we lost the Jaguars and at the end of every season, every player in the NFL has to take an exit physical before they leave the city that they're playing so that you could be completely cleared medically heading into the offseason. I'm the only player that played every snap. I said, Doc, I'm good. Let me go. I'm going to hop on my truck. I'm driving back to Louisville. I'm going to go see the birth of my son. He could come any second now. They said, hey, you got some stingers this year. Let's look at an MRI on your neck. I said, Doc, my high school buddy's got stingers. Stingers are no big deal. They happen in football all the time. It's a burning and numbing sensation down your arm, stems from the nerves in your neck. But in football, there's so much contact, stingers happen. So I, I reluctantly get this MRI. Fast forward three days, I'm sitting in the hospital. We're in the waiting room. My son would be born 50 minutes later when I get the call that my career is done. At C2, C3, I disc and bone sitting into my spinal cord, and they weren't sure why I wasn't laying on a football field uh, motionless because at C2, C3, that's loss of respiratory function and paraplegia. And so, you know, as a competitor, as an athlete, I said, well, Doc, I appreciate your opinion, but we're going to find some other, we're going to find some other opinions. And I want to give Dr. Cappuccino and Buffalo credit. He's one of the top neuro guys in the entire country. But we sought other opinions, and everyone had the same the same results that no one would ever clear me to play football again. So in a season that I was on a high, I had signed a contract extension with the bills before the season, you know, the, the Buffalo bills, uh, new regime, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, they gave me the first contract extension while in Buffalo. And so for me, it just meant a lot to me to be a part of that organization. You mentioned earlier, I was a captain. I loved my role with the team. I had such great friends. My wife uh, was so intertwined in the community. She had a great group of girls. We owned a house up there. And all of a sudden, it was just all ripped from me. In, the, in just moments before that, I get this most special gift of my son, a healthy newborn. And so just the range of emotions um, was just was, was extreme. So in that moment, right, you find that out and you had the joy of your son. But then there's the moment where it actually hits you. When did it actually hit you? I'm not going back to play football because like you knew it, it hit you. But when I say it hit you, when was the moment when you realized it's now my choice to respond to this adversity? 
Yeah, within the next week or so, we had to alert our families that we were not going to be prepping for the Pro Bowl anymore and figuring out how we were going to get a two-week-old down to Orlando for the Pro Bowl. We were now going to be looking at new career opportunities. And I'll tell you what, Ben, after an NFL season, you're so tired from just 20 weeks of grind, including the preseason, the, the toll on your body mentally. You know, when it first hit me, it, it didn't set in fully. I remember that spring I saw on social media, the guys all got back together for OTAs up there. They're all in their bills gear. And for the first time in, in 10 years, I'm not there. And that really sunk in and hit me. And, and honestly, throughout that spring, that winter, it hit me for the first time that I didn't know exactly what my purpose, what my burn was for the previous 15 years, let's call it, ever since I walked in the doors at the University of Louisville, I wanted to be the best center in the NFL. And that's when I woke up every single day. And there was many reasons behind that. You know, I wanted to maximize my gifts that God gave me. I wanted to provide for my family. I wanted to, you know, fulfill my competitive edge. There was a lot of reasons behind why I wanted to be the best center in the NFL. But every morning I woke up, I knew exactly what my mission was. Now, yes, I wanted to be a great husband, a great dad. And those things uh, came with that. But I wanted to be that. And all of a sudden, for the first time in my life, I did not know in the morning what my mission was. And I had to find that. And thank God I had great support from family, friends, a foundation built on faith that I was able to fall back on some things where I didn't truly hit a rock bottom. But I had I had to climb out of that. So what would you, because I, I just, I, I admire the response. I, I admire the positivity. You know, we've talked so much about my story and overcoming adversity and that's life. You know, we're all going to face it. One of my favorite Bible verses, and I continue to read it every single day is James 1, 12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial for when he has stood the test, he'll receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And so oftentimes, you know, we get hit with this adversity you know, you think like your main chapters were this career as a center under the bright lights in front of all these fans. The Buffalo Bills fans are amazing. I remember going up there. I was working with one of the Miami Dolphins one year, and I got to go to a, a Bills game a few years ago. I mean, it is just wild. I mean, you're driving through the neighborhood, right? So that was your life. But now the conversations you and I have had, I see the real passion. And I think you're starting to find, you know, this unique clarity for these next chapters. So for the person out there who maybe they've gone through disease, they've gone through challenge, they've overcome cancer, they lost their job, they faced their adversity. What advice can you give to them about awareness? Because like when I talk to you, I think there's this heightened awareness, like you're, you're looking for the best relationships. Who can I learn from? How can I get almost like you're going back to it. It's back to the game. The game is different, but it's going and finding, okay, who are the coaches going to be? Who are my teammates going to be? Who are my mentors going to be? So what advice do you give for that person who is also facing that adversity, who maybe they don't have some of the clarity? What would you share with them as most important, you know, for the next chapters for them and what you found has been helpful for you? Yeah, and, and I appreciate all those words. And and as I look at people now through this time of COVID, almost every single person in the world is at a, at a time of transition right now. There's change in your life, no matter what it is, whether it's a relationship, a job, whatever 
COVID has brought, everybody's kind of in a point of transition now, whether they were prior or not to March of 2020. And so there's some initial steps that I would recommend. And, and part of it's gaining some perspective on your situation. You mentioned James 1.12. Well, James 1.2 starts off by saying, blessed are those that face trials because you will gain perspective and perseverance and, and ultimately you will become totally mature. And so adversity is going to happen in life and things are our, our good buddy, Ed Milet always says things happen for you, not to you. So it's finding out why did this happen for me? Where can I grow from this? And, and, and there's lessons that can be learned from this pain. So gain some perspective initially which which is easier said than done. It takes some internal work. You need to examine your gifts and, and what are you good at? So at that point for me, you know, I had a lot of national media members reaching out to me and said, hey, Eric, you are extremely cordial to me. You're well-spoken. If you, if you ever need anything in this business, let me know. So I pivoted into broadcasting initially because it kept me around the game that I was not ready to be away from. So I, I work for the Buffalo Bills radio network now, so I get to cover the Bills, which is a ton of fun. And then it's more work on the ESPN and ACC network side, learning 100-man college rosters and, and figuring out who's going to play. And you got multiple numbers on guys, uh, but, but that's a ton of fun as well. And I get to be around the game. But ultimately for me, it's about finding ways that you can serve others using your gifts. So for me now, it's how can I use my gifts of communication and, and being relational and connecting with people. How can I use that? And so I have my podcast, it's called what's next with Eric Wood. And we're looking, you know, we're looking at people that have had transitions in life, people that have gone through change. Well, what did you do? And, and I've learned so many lessons through 80 episodes. It, it's almost overwhelming um, how much knowledge and advice people have given me, but you talked about, coaching in a team. And so it's so important who you surround yourself with in life. Les Brown, one of my favorite people to follow, uh, legendary author and, and speaker, he talks about you will become the average, you know, everyone talks about you'll become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. He said throughout history, you will make between two and five thousand dollars on average of the five people you spend the most time with. And, and money's not everything, but as people that, that need to provide, be very careful who you surround yourself with. I was so fortunate to work with an executive coach before my career ended, and I continue to, to this day. Who are you getting coaching from, accountability from in your life that can take you on this journey? And so figuring all of that out, because as an athlete, as you know, Ben, as an athlete, all that's pretty much provided for you on a day-to-day -day basis. You walk Absolutely. in in the morning, they tell you when you're going to work out, what you're going to do meeting wise, generally they're telling you what to eat and you have your coaching, you have everything set in place for you. And when you hit that point of transition, maybe you got fired from your job, maybe you lost your job, maybe you lost your business, whatever it is because of COVID. When you hit the mat, it's time to get up and you need some coaching and you need some teammates around you. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, you know, it, it's those teammates, it's the coaches that prepare you to go to war. Yes. And one of my favorite wars to watch in a football game, and this is the way I, I want to finish the burn with you. One of my favorite wars is the war in the trenches. And you and I both know that so many football games, right? People don't necessarily give the credit to the lines. 
But, you know, on those offensive and defensive lines, in the trenches, that's where the war is won. So how are you now, right? Forget the football stuff. We already know you were great. Give us the most important thing you've found to prepare your mind, right? To make it nine years in the NFL, to, to take on the rigors of your body, as you mentioned earlier, right? You have to have tremendous mental toughness and to have others, right, as a captain, Pro Bowls to be able to, to get yourself to that level. But how are you preparing yourself for war today? What's the most important thing you're now doing to make sure like every day I'm ready to get after it? Yeah, so for me, it starts in the morning. It's about starting my day right. And we have a three and a five-year-old at home. And if I don't get up maybe a half hour or an hour hour earlier than them, uh, it's going to be a struggle to start my day. My patience might not be where it needs to be. And, and so for me, it starts with, with some type of gratitude practice in the morning. And, and there are so many studies that will show the power of gratitude. Our buddy, John Gordon, he, he speaks on it so highly. If you need more references, go Google John Gordon on gratitude and you'll find all the studies. But some type of gratitude practice. I, I like to start my day in the word, whether that's a devotional, whether that's reading the Bible, something to fill my mind. You know, you talk about tithing in the Bible and giving 10% of your income. I try and give God at least 10 minutes to start my day. I know that's not 10% of my day, but I give him 10 first thing in the morning. And then for me, it's, it's a moment of silence. And whether that's 30 seconds or 20 minutes, I need some silence to to gain some clarity in my life and let the clutter of life kind of kick its way. And then for me, it's generally a workout in the morning. For me, I don't feel like I've woken up in the morning unless I broke a sweat. And for some people, they're not like that for me. And that's just the way I was ingrained for 15 years, get up, get that workout in, and then hit meetings, hit practice. So for me, I like to get that workout in. If I can get all that in, I know I started my day with enough wins that no matter what happens, I can kind of fall back on that. And you asked for one thing, I'll just give you a quick second. And this, this changed a lot for me was ending my day with wins as well. Mm. So right down before I go to bed, and I got my wife doing this now too, because you know we both know housewife is the toughest job there is out there, but at times they can feel unfulfilled because they're not out in the community doing something. Well, they're doing the most important thing that's raising kids, but end your days with wins as well. So write down three wins from the day, whether that was, man, I just ate a healthy breakfast today, or I got in a workout. I went to the kids' baseball game when I could have gone and played golf. Whatever it is, write down three wins each day and watch how much gratitude that'll fill you before bed. You'll sleep better and you'll just feel more fulfilled in general. I absolutely love it. I'm going to finish this in a way that you may not expect, but in my work with so many NFL players and, you know, current players to guys that have retired to guys that are, you know, now in the Hall of Fame, there's something before I mention it. I want you to share with everybody how everybody can stay contacted with you and learn more about the What's Up Next podcast. But I'm going to share some perspective on what really inspires me and how I think you're an amazing example uh, for current players and athletes. So before I get to that, I'm going to leave you on the hook there. Uh, how can people stay connected with you? On Instagram, I'm at Ewood70, as well as on Twitter. If you hit me up on Instagram in the messages, I try to respond to each and every one. If it's questions, if it's if it's insights, if something hit home for you. And then my podcast is called What's Next with Eric Wood. We have unbelievable people like Ben Newman himself that come on the podcast and share 
wisdom stories. Um, we, I, I get some former teammates and friends that are athletes and they're great as well. And you'll be entertained by those, but, but they're interviews that look to inspire you and, and try to help you make your what's next in life, your best yet. I love it. Well, Eric, I look forward to us continuing to grow our friendship and opportunities to have a significant impact together. And I'm going to turn right at the camera now, and now I'm going to finish this thing. All right. I'm going to finish this based upon something I've observed about Eric that I think is very important. Definitely for athletes, but for all of us. Number one, it's something I learned from my mom. It's how you respond to challenge and adversity determines the story that you write. I hope if you're currently going through challenge and adversity, you recognize the positivity and the manner in which Eric chooses to embrace his next chapters of his life, specifically for athletes. So many times athletes, when those bright lights get turned off, there's struggle, there's pain, there's questioning. How do we go about handling my next chapters? And it's one of the toughest things, Eric, as you know this, oftentimes it's not talked about enough. And for those athletes out there, maybe you're at the end of your career. Maybe there's an injury that ends it early. There's guys like myself and Eric who care about you. And what I want you to pay most attention to, and Eric didn't know I was going to do this, and I didn't know what his answer was going to be. But listen to Eric's example. He's found gratitude in the morning and still celebrating wins at the end of the day to recognize the blessings he's been given with his next chapters. And I think it's that mental framework that's going to give him the opportunity to continue to do whatever he wants to do off of the gridiron. And for so many athletes, and I know it's the same for Eric, and I'm not sharing anything private because anybody can go look up anybody's contracts these days, but it's bigger than money. You see, because Eric could easily say, hey, I made plenty of money. I really don't have to do anything. And I could just kind of hang out and enjoy the rest of my life. But Eric continues to find purpose. He continues to stay connected to that burn. And that's why we have our show. It's for you to understand, get away from the money. Get away from the results. Yes, those things are important, but those are a byproduct of staying connected to your burn and living your life to be the best that you can be. And in Eric's words from earlier, taking everything that God gives you every single day. Thank you for joining us for The Burn. We love the support. We love the likes. We love everybody that subscribes. Continue to stay connected with us. Let us know what more we can do. And specifically for anybody who's struggling or challenged right now with those next chapters, hit up a guy like Eric. Make sure to hit up our team because we're here to help you get through that challenge and adversity to fight to be the best that you can be. This episode of The Burn Podcast is powered by BenNewmanCoaching.com, your number one source for increasing consistency in your life and building the mental toughness habits required to live the life of your dreams. From self-paced courses to live coaching with Ben and everything in between, head over to BenNewmanCoaching.com and join the thousands of members working to unlock their peak performance every day.